A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today, we destroy a car. But first, putting my stepsister in her place. There have been so many threads of step-parents trying to ruin the lives of their step-wardens, and most of them are sad stories, but they also remind me that I have a similar story to share. First, I'll start with an introduction to everyone who plays a part in the story. There are my parents who got divorced before I turned one, my step-parents on both sides, who have known since I was a toddler, enough to call my stepmother mama and my stepdad pops, because they've been just like my own parents and I don't doubt that they love me. Then there are my step-siblings, three of them were from my stepfather's side, Pops is a little more advanced in age than my mom, and when they met, his youngest child was about five, while I was two. Two of the oldest are boys, let's call them Marcus and Melvin, the youngest and closest in age to me, I'll call her Marissa. Now, my parents didn't get a divorce because of any animosity between them, they were friends from college and were hooking up with each other for a few years after graduation because of how comfortable it was for two extremely busy people. My mom got pregnant and they decided that it would be a good idea to skip a relationship and go straight into marriage because of how well they worked as friends and friends with benefits. Things got in the way pretty soon when they realized that friendship and marriage were two different things and began seeing other people barely months after I was born. They got divorced a few days after my first birthday, and my dad got married three months later. My mother waited until I was almost two and able to be her flower girl before she got married to my stepfather. I obviously can't remember much at that age, but my parents always tell me that I didn't get along too well with my step-siblings in the beginning. They felt as if it was only child syndrome and arranged playdates for my seven-year-old twin stepbrothers and my five-year-old stepsister, but I wanted nothing to do with them. My mom and dad agreed to let me live at my dad's until I was of school age because then I would be more open to the thoughts of other children. They were right and it worked. Plus, my dad and mama didn't want kids but instead wanted to start traveling, so it made more sense to live with my mother instead. I was around five years old when I finally moved in with my mother, stepfather, and step-siblings, and while I can't remember everything that happened to me at that age, I remember most of it. I got along with the twins almost instantly because they knew how to share and included me in nearly everything that they did. They were nearly two times my age, but they seemed to genuinely enjoy playing with me. My stepsister, on the other hand, retreated into her shell when I started living with both of our parents. Everyone was focused on making me as comfortable as possible, while she went from being the only girl and youngest child the majority of the time to being none of those. I understood where she was coming from but I also think it didn't warrant some of the things she did back then. Our parents noticed that we barely even spoke to each other, so they forced us to be friends and hang out together without the presence of the twins. The first few times, all we did was sit in silence until my mother or pops called us in for dinner, but with time I got sick of the silence. I was about 7 at this time and she was 9. I spoke to her while we hung out and I remember her having a very evil smile on her face. I had asked if she had wanted to play on the monkey bars and she agreed a little too willingly. We went over to the small playground in the backyard and Marissa asked me to go first. Halfway across the bars, I heard her laughing above me 
and looked up to find that she was on top of the bar squatting directly above me. She then stepped on my fingers and she was wearing those jelly sandals with soles made of much harder plastic than the body, so I had no choice but to let go of the bar. I fell on my hand, fractured it, and had to wear a cast for three months. I only told Marcus and Melvin what really happened because Marissa had told the parents that I was trying to show her a cool trick and fell down. That was unfortunately the beginning of her shenanigans. As the years went on, I got used to finding live frogs and dead worms in my closet, finding my underwear dumped in the dog's kennel, or all my clean shirts and water. I got used to her antics, never really complaining, but never letting her get to me either. Slowly, I moved half of my belongings to the empty attic in the room, and when I turned 14, I asked to move there. Our parents had a pretty solid idea of what went on between Marissa and me, but they didn't want to comment for fear that they would ruin something. But when I spoke up about wanting separate rooms, they were more than happy to oblige. At this time, I was a freshman in high school and the twins were in college. And once my stepsister found out that she couldn't make my life any harder at home, she decided to do it in school. She was one class above me and she used it to her advantage as much as she could using her popular girl status to try and intimidate me. My strategy for surviving her had always been getting out of her way instead of confronting her, and everyone, parents included, thought that things might have been better if I nipped everything in the bud much earlier. I joined the swim team in my sophomore year, and I had no time between school, friends, and swimming lessons. At home, I was only available for breakfast and dinner and it was probably the most peaceful time of my life. I got a scholarship to a college out of state, and I joined the swim team there. Things went great for two years, and then I had a terrible spine accident that I needed to use an entire year to recover from, so I was sent home. I had to relearn how to walk again, and again, it was hard going from being a very active person to having to be helped everywhere. During the summer holidays, everyone returned home including my dad and his wife. Marissa and the twins also came, and it was only good for the first week, until my stepsister decided that she wanted to continue being a child. I did my best to avoid her as much as I could while using a wheelchair and crutches, but it was really hard. I started to get really mad when I returned from physical therapy one day and found Marissa in my room trying on some jewelry on my shelf. It was just jewelry, and it wouldn't have been a problem if my stepmother had not just given them to me. I loved all four of my parents a lot, but I was closest to my stepmom because she had the sweetest soul and got me better than anyone else. She had just given me some jewelry that was passed down from her grandmother to her, and I hadn't even gotten the time to try it on yet, but Marissa seemed to be having the time of her life, touching things that didn't even belong to her. Naturally, I was angry and tried to speak to her, but she just waved me off and called me crippled. She said some other nasty things too, but the fact that she didn't apologize for touching things that weren't hers got me mad. The straw that broke the camel's back was when I noticed that she had stolen pearl earrings and a necklace set for me, wearing it to a date. I confronted her and she just pretended that the jewelry was hers, lying until I threatened to involve her parents. She put the jewelry down, but I was absolutely fuming, and I decided that maybe Marissa needed to be taught a lesson. By this time, I'd gained some mobility. I still used crutches, but I mostly just stayed at a place. I started small, 
placing items that belonged to others in places she had been. She didn't notice it, but everyone else started to get uncomfortable. But no one spoke up because it was a generally uncomfortable topic and no one wanted to be made uncomfortable by discussing it. Pops, my stepdad, had a habit of being very careless with everything, money, phones, and even his own clothes. My mother was literally the only reason he was still alive and hadn't forgotten himself in the middle of the ocean or somewhere more dangerous. Little by little, he started finding a lot of his things in Marissa's room. His wallet, some cash that he was sure he had put in the pocket of his jeans, and his cigar. Technically, he had left it on his dresser. But I watched him rip Marissa apart in her bedroom, and she couldn't say anything because there was no evidence. Things calmed down after a few days, and my stepsister went away for a music festival for a few days. During that time, nothing went missing, and everyone's suspicions were confirmed. It was a little funny to witness, and also a little sad, but I wasn't in the mood to feel compassion for Marissa anymore. When she returned, my dad and his wife had left. So it was just the twins, my mom, my stepdad, and myself. Everyone went about their days and nothing went missing for a while, until I decided to pull off the biggest one yet. The same pearl jewelry set that I'd been seeing her try on in my room the other day, I hid it in the bag that she took to the music festival over the weekend. It was very risky considering everyone was home and Marcus spotted me coming out of her room. He'd been one of the ones who asked me to put his sister in her place, so he didn't ask any questions, just looked away as if he didn't see me. Two days later, I had a wedding to attend, and I frantically started looking for my pearl jewelry set. I called out to my mother to help me search for it. Soon, the entire house was helping me search for it, and it was found in none other than Marissa's room. It was a madhouse because everyone yelled at her and asked her why she would do that to me while I just stood in the corner, quiet and fighting the urge to laugh. We had a family meeting later in the day and it was decided that Marissa should go to a rehabilitation center for kleptomaniacs. She would be going home three times a week for three months. It was all she could do not to cry and say that she had no idea how anything got into her room but she'd always been quite the mischievous child because no one believed her. She was also forbidden from seeing any of her friends, but one of them spotted her going in and out of the rehab center, and it circulated around that she had a serious stealing problem. It felt good to finally be in the position to let her have a slight feel of everything that she put me through in our childhood. I don't feel any remorse either, so that's a good sign for me. I would say in a way that this story was very much like the boy who cried wolf, except in this case it was just the girl who couldn't stop having sticky fingers. Also hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy crazy stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below. That said, our final story is, I wrecked my baby daddy's new car. If anyone asks me what my biggest regret is, it would be that I got back together with my ex-boyfriend who's now my baby daddy. If I hadn't gotten back together with that disgusting creature, I wouldn't have had our son. Don't get me wrong, I love my son to pieces, but I sincerely wish I had chosen a better father for my son. Actually, my biggest and perhaps only regret is that I gave my son the crappiest father. If I could turn back the hands of time, I would have insisted on a condom that afternoon. My baby daddy and I went to high school together. 
He dropped out at some point and got a job at some socks factory to focus on his non-existent music career. He was earning a decent amount, and we started dating soon after we dropped out. He was handsome, perhaps the most handsome guy in school, but he wasn't so book smart. We were friends two years before we started dating though. I was in the school's old library filled with very old books and not enough chairs, space, or a librarian who cared. I was reading a book. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When someone knocked softly on the table, I looked up and saw the most handsome guy in school looking down at me. He was so tall and he had this boyish smile. I already knew him from my neighborhood. Actually, everyone knew him. His brother was quite popular in the area for being in a gang, and he had another brother who's a cop. Everyone knew their family and thought their story was ironic. He was the gentle baby brother, the cutie of the family. Hey, he said. Hi, I replied to him with a sheepish smile. I couldn't help myself. One of the coolest guys in the neighborhood and school was talking to me. I need your help, he said, taking the seat next to mine. He needs my help, I repeated in my mind in a sing-song tone. He was having problems with Spanish class and wanted me to help out. I was happy to assist him and we became friends soon after our tutorials began. My mom hated him, she did not like that his brother was in a gang, and she worried that he would join the gang too, and somehow put me in trouble. I said, Mama, his brother's a cop too, why can't you think he's going to be a cop? Why does it have to be that he may join a gang and become a gangster? Cop or gangster, I don't want any of that, my mom would reply. She never made it obvious though that she didn't like him. Whenever he visited our home for tutorials or he wanted to hang out, My mom would let him have chips and soda. When he was just about to leave, she would stop him to talk about Jesus and hand him a flyer about a church youth program. We would laugh about it and make fun of her all the time. My baby daddy knew I loved him. He knew even before he came to me about the tutorial. I found out later that an acquaintance had told him that I said I thought he was cute, so he came to me knowing that I liked him and wouldn't say no to him. When we were still friends, he had a girlfriend a pretty girl in our neighborhood. She went to a better school and she was crazy about him. She would get jealous about us hanging out together and he was always flattered by how whiny she got when he spent time with me. One day he came over to my house and told me that he'd broken up with his girlfriend. I'm not gonna lie, I was glad but I hid it pretty well or I thought I did. 
He then went on and on about how crazy he was about me and how he loved me very much. I was super excited. My dream of being with him had finally come to pass. I admitted to liking him too. I even admitted that I've always liked him. I expected the reaction I'd seen in movies, a hug, a passionate kiss, or that long stare into each other's eyes. He did none of that and instead he screamed, crap. I looked on, totally clueless about what was going on. He paused for a while, pulled his phone out of his back pocket and pressed a button. He said, listen, my girlfriend thinks you like me. I had to convince her that you don't. So I told her I would pretend to make a confession of sorts and see how you'd react to that. My eyes welled up with tears. I ran back into my room and shut it. My mom heard me slam the door and came out to see what was going on. I heard her ask him in irritation what had happened. He told her to talk to me. That was the only thing I heard through my uncontrollable sobbing. His girlfriend broke up with him later on and he came to me. He said he liked me too, said something about us being special and meant to be. He threw in a few words about how nobody could tear us apart. I know I was stupid to have fallen for that, but I welcomed him into my life and we officially started dating. My mom hated us together, but that only fueled my us versus them mindset. He made me believe that everyone hated us because they were jealous of what we had. It turned out that what we had was years and more years of lies. We were together for two years before we broke up because he created a love triangle with his girlfriend who had ended things with him. We would argue and the next thing he'd be in her home. In my senior year in high school, I did the most ridiculous things for him. I gave him my salary from the coffee shop I worked in, stole money from my mom's purse, cooked his meals and encouraged him to keep singing even though his singing voice sounded like that of a scared frog and his lyrics were just laughable. I paid for studio time and so many others, but he would cheat and lie all the time. He cheated with other women, but whenever he did it with his ex, it hurt even more because I knew he'd been in love with her. Now that I think about it, he never loved her or me. He never loved any of us, period. For some months we were broken up. I was beyond heartbroken, especially since he suggested we ended things so he could go be with his other girl. I didn't want to, but I had to pull myself together, salvage what was left of my dignity, and agree to the breakup. My mom was happy about it. She tried to set up a date with me and some guys in her youth church, but I strongly declined. I couldn't even picture myself with anyone. One Sunday afternoon, my mom was out eating brunch with a group from church. I heard a knock on my window, and my heart leaped for joy. The only person who ever knocked on my window like that was my baby daddy. What do you want? I remember asking him when I opened the large window of my bedroom. You, he replied to me, smiling. I hated his confidence, the twitch on his lips that showed that he knew what he was doing. He knew that I was crazy about him. He was taking advantage of that. He came into my bedroom that afternoon, and we hooked up without protection. After we were done, he confessed his love for me. I asked him if he was going to leave her and he told me he would get back to me and left through the window as he came in. I felt silly after he left. He wouldn't even commit to me. He probably saw me as some toy to do with me as he pleased. When my mom returned, I took her up on her offer to set me up with a nice boy who knows the Lord. She did set me up with someone from church, and he was a total gentleman. He wasn't half as good looking as my baby daddy. But he was calm and after what had happened with my baby daddy, I wanted a calm collected man. 
Just as our relationship was going smoothly, I found out I was pregnant. It was tough on me, telling my new boyfriend that I was pregnant with my ex's child, but he took it well. He even offered to lie to my mom that he got me pregnant. But my mom wasn't an idiot. She would know it wasn't his if I told her how old the pregnancy was. I had to tell my aunt, who then told my mom, who surprisingly took it well. When I told her that my new boyfriend wasn't bothered, and that he mentioned he would happily continue our relationship, she was elated. But I hadn't told the actual father of the child. So I went over to my baby daddy's and informed him that I was pregnant. His mouth flew open and must have stayed that way for a full hour. What? He kept exclaiming and partially asking me. After the hour had passed, he got down on one knee and proposed. Again, I accepted him. I know I'm foolish, but, well, I did take him back. I broke up with a new boyfriend to the utter dismay of my mom. You are making a huge mistake, she would say to me. Well, it is my mistake to make, I would reply curtly. She soon stopped and made peace with the fact that the boyfriend she hated the most, we had a game where we told each other our favorites, was going to be her grandchild's father and son-in-law. My baby daddy kept to his word and ended things with his girlfriend. He moved in with me and my mom. I got a job that had decent pay, so we lived on my salary. He never had the money for anything. He poured all of his money into his music, hoping that he would soon be famous for his music, but no one was willing to give him a chance. We soon had our son, and my mom was the happiest. By this time, my mom and baby daddy kept having issues. I was tired of having to step in, so I suggested to him that we get our own place. He was reluctant because my mom was the primary breadwinner. He didn't think we could make it on our own. I insisted, and we moved in together. My baby daddy's gross irresponsibility was heightened when we moved into our place. He was never interested in paying rent. He never chipped in for our son's care. I resented him for letting me do everything on my own. The last straw was when my cousin caught him with another woman at a bar. I was disappointed because I genuinely believed that he had changed. I told him to leave, but he went on his knees and sobbed. I took him back in with a warning that I was not going to let him off the hook if he did it again. I had just paid our rent and bought groceries one day and hardly had any money left. I begged my baby daddy to chip in so I could take care of other bills, but he refused. He said he didn't have money, but a week later, he came home with a nice shiny black car. I was shocked at such blatant wickedness. He was obsessed with his car and called it his baby. I was willing to move on from that, but one day, I was returning from work after picking my son up from daycare, and I saw my baby daddy's black car parked in front of a restaurant. He was in the car and riding shotgun with him was his ex-girlfriend. It then dawned on me that my ex was never going to change. I was always going to be in a love triangle with him and that other woman. I realized there was no point in being with him. He contributed nothing to the running of the home. If anything, he took and took for me. Since I had our son, he had never taken me out, but he drove this woman in his car to a restaurant. I badly wanted to get back at him, and I figured the best way to do that was through his car. His car was probably the only thing he cared about at the time. I asked my friend who works in a car shop for the best way to ruin a car. I asked him that after starting a conversation about cars, so it wouldn't be obvious that I was trying to do something to my baby daddy's car. He knew my baby daddy had just gotten a car. He said something about Mercury and mentioned how it could totally ruin a person's engine. 
I set about my business one night when my baby daddy and son were asleep. I got mercury and broken glass and filled his car tank with them. I repeated it the next night. As expected, the car's engine was knocked up badly and couldn't function. I didn't hide the fact that I did it from him. I told him to his face that I had ruined his car. He got so mad that he started to cry, asking what he had done to me and calling me a witch. I didn't care. I knew he didn't get insurance on the car, so I knew I had ruined things for him. Our rent was almost due, so I found another place and moved there with my son. I knew that if I told him to leave, he wouldn't, so I left the house for him instead. I moved to somewhere closer to my mom so she can help with babysitting whenever I needed to work. I was working hard and saving up for college. My baby daddy was so bitter about what had happened that he told everyone we knew that I was a vile, bitter woman. Interestingly, after I left the house we lived together in, he moved in with the other woman. The last time I heard about them, they were engaged, but guess who still calls me trying to get me back together? That man is the worst bum of all. This guy is ultra slimy, just doubling down every single time they have the opportunity to. I just feel bad. It's like misery and pain watching this story and watching OP go back to them over and over again. Some people can just be that convincing though and it sucks. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of revenge, why not check out that video on the left? Or, if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 